following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. That was good for me. Come on and do it for Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to just get a little bit louder for Jesus. Amen. God's been better to us than we can be to ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We are excited just to be here. We are excited just for the opportunity to preach again. Amen. Amen. I was sitting over there and and my uh, spiritual father for 30 years he told me, he said, if you ever stand and you're not nervous, then worry. Amen. Because that means that you might be depending more on your flesh than you are the spirit. So y'all forgive me. It's not that I'm nervous about preaching because see, when the preacher kick in, there's nothing y'all can do with him. Amen. We just don't want Darius or DJ to kick in. Amen. And so we surrender to our flesh. But in the absence of our great apostle and pastor Kent Maddox and his beautiful wife, Bev, we thank God for them. Hallelujah. In their ministry, um, in the absence of my wife, Lady Rebecca Williams, amen, who's an awesome woman of God. Um, I love you, babe. I know you're watching. So we thank God for her. We thank God for my church family, the WCM in Talladega. But I thank God for you all as well for Word Alive International Outreach Ministry. So go, go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause. I was sitting there. I, most of you haven't preached, but it's so when you, this is one of my first times I preached back to back in like two services. I've preached like morning and preached in the afternoon, you know, like the old traditional Baptist way. So I preached one service and then you go to somebody else's service later on. I've done that, but I've not preached two consecutive services back to back. So y'all pray for me. Amen. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Amen. And so um, the reason why I say that is because you know, your flesh try to worry about, can you do better than you did the last time? <laughs> but I was sitting there and I was praying and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, help me to surrender again. Help me not to depend on myself again. Because anytime you do a thing and you think you've done half decent, then sometimes you can get it yourself. And so I thank the Lord that as I surrender to his will, he will do exactly what he said he's going to do. But the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He says, he says, he says, I'm, I'm stretching you, he said, and I'm preparing you for a place you're not prepared for yet. That's what this is. And I said, okay, God, he says, then release that to the house. He said, tell the people that are in here at 11 o'clock service. He says, you just don't know that God is preparing you for a place that you're not ready for yet. Now, if you're not ready for it, it has to be bigger than your last place. That's where the shout is. See, I can't, see, wish I could find about five people that'll receive that, that word right there. Your next place is gonna be bigger than your last place. I know we got the coronavirus. I know we in protest. But how many of you are believing God to do something bigger still in 2020? God is going to do something that no COVID-19 can stop, no protests can stop. God is still going to do a miracle. He's going to work an amazing thing in your life. And all he needs you to do is believe that. Where are my 50 believers that believe God is about to do something bigger? prophesy to you the Jabez anointing God is getting ready to enlarge your territory expand your reach increase your network God is about to burst something out of you that you have not seen before and the world has not seen before you will be like nobody you've ever seen before but God is about to work a new thing in a crisis hallelujah God and God says to tell you as I birth this new thing God says I'm gonna light your feet on fire and everywhere your feet tread my power will be revealed hallelujah and I'm gonna set your mind in a focused place I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying and God says you're gonna walk with much clarity in this season because you're gonna be more focused than you've ever been before come on somebody give God a shout of praise for that tell the Lord say I receive it I received bigger. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, 
he didn't take them to somewhere just like Egypt or worse than Egypt. He had to take them to a place better than Egypt. Now watch this. The people that did make it in were the people that complained about where they were. I thought I was going to find 10 people right there. For the ones in here that have not complained yet, God said the season you are about to step in is going to blow your mind. Hallelujah. This place that he has prepared for you, even your eyes and your ears cannot fathom the thought of what it's going to look like. I don't care how old you are. Hallelujah. Your latter days are going to be better than your former days. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say he's about to strengthen. Hallelujah. Even those that are old in age. But God says he's about to release an spirit of endurance and long lasting. You will not die in this next season but you're going to live your best you're going to live your best life and I hear the spirit of the Lord say you won't hop along but God's going to strengthen bones he's going to fix your joints he's going to get rid of arthritis you won't be limping hallelujah but you're going to look better than you ever looked before in your whole life hallelujah jesus folk are gonna look at you see i already shifted to another folk are about to look at you and say wow i didn't know you were on the come up and you're gonna look back and tell them you just didn't know jesus was working behind the scenes god has been working behind the scenes on somebody for somebody and you just didn't know it god was working for you when you couldn't tell it Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for that. There is a word. I'm going to preach and get out the way. If I got two people that'll push me, I'll go real quick. If you sit there dead and boring, I'm going to feel like you don't understand, which makes me dig a little bit deeper and preach a little longer. So if you want to get out of here, just say amen. Even if you don't want to say amen, just faith it till you make it. Amen. 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 But I'm going to get my commercial out the way. As you can tell, I'm very country. I'm from the big, beautiful city, hallelujah, with the skyscraping buildings of Talladega, Alabama. I grew up in a family where we all yelled in one space, trying to talk to the other person, trying to out-talk them and over-talk them so the next person can hear. So if I'm loud, just forgive me. I'm not yelling. That's just in me. Amen? Amen. Some, some know Paul, some know Apollos. I'm more like Apollos. I just come and I water it. Amen. Amen. So we're going over to the book of Joel. Forgive me if I say Joel. I like to sound educated. Joel or Joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 32. If you got it, you can say amen. That's a hard book to find. You have to sing your books of the Bible if you grew up in the old church. <laughs> Ezekiel and Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Is that the same the books of the Bible, huh? Vacation Bible School did work for us. Contrary to popular belief. Amen. I can't get no help. It did work. Hallelujah, Jesus. Some of the old stuff that used to work that we've gotten away from, we need to go back to it. It worked. And sometimes when you don't think that the children are listening, they listening more than what you believe. So don't leave them at home. Bring them to church. Amen. They'll pick up on some. Hopefully the Spirit of God. Amen. And so the book of Joel or Joel chapter 2 verse 28. It reads that it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters... They shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Look at your neighbor and say, he got something for everybody. It don't matter how old y'all, how young y'all, he got something for everybody to do. Your young men shall see visions. Next verse. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. He said on the rich and the poor, those who have and those who don't have. I'm about to level the playing ground. Hallelujah. The spirit comes to level the playing field. And I will show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Next verse. The sun shall shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and 
the terrible day of the Lord it shall come next verse and it shall come to pass look at this that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered not might be now it's an if it's not a possibility but if they call on the name of the Lord they shall be delivered for in Mount Zion I mean in word alive and in Jerusalem watch this shall be deliverance as the Lord has said not Pastor Kent not Dr. Williams, as the Lord has said, deliverance is about to come to the nation. It's about to come to Word Alive. It's about to hit. Hallelujah. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call, there is a deliverer. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, he going to talk for a brief moment about the road to revival. His subject today is, it's time to clock in. It's time to clock in. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to clock in. It's time to clock in. You've been sitting long enough. It's time to clock in. You done took all the professional days and the sick leave time you can take. It's time to clock in. You done come to enough Bible studies and enough Sunday schools and enough life groups that you got enough in you to say something, do something, and bring somebody out. Amen, somebody. There is a word in you. There is an anointing in you. There is a gift in you. There is a ministry in you, and God is ready to use it and he's waiting on somebody to clock in look at him tell him again say clock in clock in clock in clock in one thing that God uses crisis to reveal crisis reveal the people who still need to be saved and they also reveal the people who claim they are saved how much more faith they really need. I wish I could find some help already. So as you look around in our world today, don't be disturbed by what you see. You should be able to identify your assignment. Hallelujah. The assignment is great because there are those that are following, but they are ignorantly following without information to go along with why we are doing what we're doing. We are unlearned. We, we, some of us, we don't even go and look it up for ourselves, but we'll just follow what someone else says. But the Bible says you ought to study to show yourself approved. How before you go and take a test, make sure you've studied first. Don't just do a thing without the proper study. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to study a thing. A crisis reveals those who need to be saved, but it also reveals the faith level of those who profess to be saved. But watch this. In a crisis, you don't need to look for those who need to be saved or those who lack faith. You really should be looking at people's work ethic. Come on in here. Because their work ethic is what reveals what they are made of. The Bible says faith without works is dead. If they're not working, then it may mean that they don't walk in God for real. I can't get no help in here. If they come to church and they've been going 40 years, but they hadn't worked yet, they might not be really saved. Because when you get saved and you get the Holy Ghost, you get filled to go to work. I can't. You don't have to say amen because I brought two in my back pocket. If, if you've been sitting 15 years, but you can't even greet at the door, then there's a problem not, I can't get, not with your neighbor on your road, but there's a problem in your Holy Ghost. You mean to tell me you can't greet somebody at the door? You mean to tell me you can't pass out a fan or something? You can't do something? You can't volunteer to wash a toilet? You, oh, I, I forgot. That's too good for some of us. But the problem with the most of us, we live a prideful life and not a life of humility. 
humility, we want a mic and we want the lights so that folk can think we are anointed. But there are people who sit in the pew that can pray an intercessor out the door. I can't get no help. There are folks sitting here right now that has hidden anointings that don't nobody know nothing about, but you've been sitting on them for years because there are folk who've been holding positions hostage and think that they own the position. But today, God is making a transition. He's moving. Hallelujah. Somebody better say amen. He's in transition. He's moving the ones out with the wrong mindset and he's looking for those that are waiting to clock in. Touch your neighbor, say, I got a gift and I'm ready to clock in. This means that if you claim you got the Holy Ghost, but you lazy, you a liar. They said I could talk like this at 11 o'clock. Don't don't get offended. Don't walk out. Don't get soft on me. He says if you're lazy, but you say you got the Holy Ghost, you got to be a liar or you in direct disobedience to what the Holy Ghost tell you to do. Because you can't have the Holy Ghost and not go to work. You can't have the Holy Ghost and sit at home and eat Cheerios. You can't have the Holy Ghost and sit on your couch and say, well, I'll just catch church next Sunday. You can't do that because if you got the Holy Ghost, you crave more of what God has to offer than you do the world. You will punch the time clock in on Monday through Friday. What make you think you can skip out on Sunday? The devil is a liar. What God has to offer is better than man. It's better. It's better. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he comes upon you so that you can work. Touch yourself, say it's time for me to work. He said the church, the kingdom is in transition from calling each other brothers and sisters in Christ to we are about to call each other co-workers. Co-workers. First Corinthians states, I believe in chapter 3, that we are co-workers in God's service. Watch this. You do know that the first person filled with the Holy Ghost was not found in the New Testament, but that he was found in the Old Testament by the name of Bezalel. Exodus chapter 31. Write it down. Put it up. Exodus chapter 31 verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, look at it. I'm not a liar. I like to tell uh, the truth about the lies they told in your cousin church. I can't get no help in here. How dare they not preach the Holy Ghost? He always been around. I can't get no help in here. That's why they ain't got no power. That's why the church dead. That's why, for I can't get no help. I can't get no help. But when you got the Holy Ghost, power just show up with it. I can't get no help. When you got the Holy Ghost, healing just show up with it. When you got the Holy Ghost, peace just show up with it. The reason why you ain't got peace is because you ain't got the Holy Ghost. The reason I can't get no, the reason why you're lacking love is because you're lacking the Holy Ghost. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Tempers. You can't control your tongue. You need the Holy Ghost. You're still cussing the Holy Ghost. I can't get no help. Ah, oh, look at it. The first person filled with the Holy Ghost in Exodus 31 was Bezalel. I have called him named Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of her of the tribe of Judah. Look at it. Verse 3. And I have filled him with the what? Y'all thought I was lying, did y'all? I wasn't lying. It's in there. It's in there. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in ability. I missed this first service, but I need to go back and pick it up, and they can catch it on the live this afternoon. Anytime the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he don't just come upon you so you can work ignorantly, but when he comes upon you, he gives you wisdom on how to operate. I can't get no help. When you operate, you don't operate out of control and out of order, but when you operate, you operate in the Spirit of wisdom and ability. A gift is no good that's functioning outside of wisdom. I can't get no help. Say he gave him wisdom and ability. Say abilities. In understanding and intelligence. Say intelligence. And in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanships. That means skills. Say skills. To devise skillful works to work in gold and in silver and in bronze. Next verse. And in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood to work all kinds of what? 
meaning skills. Next verse. And behold, I have appointed him a holy ab, son of the A word of the tribe of Dan. And to all who were wise hearted, I have given wisdom and ability to see. I ain't gonna stumble over words. It's hard for me to pronounce in a moment and lose the flow. Amen. I'm not going to pretend that. But he says, I gave him all kinds of skill. The Holy Ghost came so that, watch this, not for him to sit in the pew, but for him to go to work. And when he made an excuse why he couldn't work, he said, I gave you the Holy Ghost to give you all kinds of skills. I can't get no help. Touch your neighbor, say, I mean, don't touch him. I mean, the COVID, I forgot. Say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, the Holy Ghost came to give you all kinds of skills. Find somebody else. They, they need to believe that. The Holy Ghost came to give you all kinds of skills. How dare you say you're not good enough? How dare you say you don't have nothing to offer? Who are you? If you got the Holy Ghost, you got all kinds of skills. Baby, you can lay some wood. You can cut some grass. You can wash some cars. You can take some orders. Hallelujah. God can take you to McDonald's and make you the manager. He can make you the see. I can't get no help in here. How dare you sit on the couch. There's a Burger King. There's a Walgreens. There's Holly. There are all kind of jobs. Oh, I forgot. The saved, the sanctified field, the Holy Ghost field, that's too good for them. But the Bible says, if a man that doesn't work, he don't he. How dare you pimp God and want him to pay your bills, but you want to sit on the couch. I can't get no help in here. The devil is a, you say, well, I can't find no job. If you can't find one, create one because God made you a creator I can't I wish I could find look at your neighbor say baby create something if you can't find something tell somebody else say create something there are a lot of millionaires that didn't go to school there are a lot of millionaires without degrees you don't need a degree to become a millionaire all you need is the Holy Ghost you got all kind of skills some of y'all in here you CEOs some of y'all are prophets some of y'all are politicians some of you are the next president. Some of you are the next lawyer, the next doctor. You are the next entrepreneur. You are the next counselor, the next principal, the next superintendent. Hallelujah. Some of you are the next pastors, the prayer warriors, interceders. How dare you say there's nothing on the inside of you? God said it like this. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you and gave you a purpose to go to work. Touch somebody and say clock in. Clock in, you got to clock in because you got all kinds of skills looking at the wood that need to be laid and won't use the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come to church and see that the church needs something done and won't do it. Come in the service, see trash on the ground and walk right past it and say that's somebody else's job. Okay. I ain't got to say amen. I'm gonna say, I got two. Let me pull it out of my back pocket. Amen. <laughs> Come in. See, somebody didn't make it to usher on the door today knowing they need more help. And you can say hello, but you won't do it. Huh? God gave you the Holy Ghost to work. Touch yourself. Say, I got to work. Look at it. Look at it. Put Joel back up. Verse 32. Joel. Yeah. Came to pass, watch this, he gonna pour out his spirit on all flesh. Say all flesh. All flesh. Shout again, say all flesh. all flesh. There are a lot of people, watch this, who have birthed a lot of things. But the problem is not with the birthing, it's with the building. A lot of folk know how to have babies, they just don't know how to take care of them. I Y'all ain't got to say amen in this Holy Ghost field church. Oh, y'all ain't got to say that to y'all. You don't have to say, I got a whole Holy Ghost backing me up and the whole host of heaven. We know how to make them, but we don't know how to take care of them. The church doesn't have a problem with vision. It's got a problem with the runners. Habakkuk said, write the vision, make it plain that those who read it will run with it. We ain't got no runners in the church. We don't have enough people that take the vision and run. Everybody want to be a visionary. God I didn't call everybody to be a visionary. There are some runners. Look on your road. Say, baby, are you a runner? Are you a runner? Stop coming to 
church with those high heels on. Stop coming all tight and, and bogged up where you can't even raise your hand. You can't run. If the Lord say run, you can't even run because you're afraid that your high heels too high or your shoes too tight. Baby, leave the Stacey Adams at the house. Leave those six-inch pumps at the house because if God say run, you better run. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to clock in when he say clock in. If God say pray, pray. If he say shut up, shut up. If he say get up, get up. Whatever he tell you to do, you better do it. Just like Ezekiel, I looked out and saw what looked like a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Why? Because he followed the spirit. He followed the spirit. Watch this. We don't have a problem with birthing. We have a problem with building. Shout building. Are you a runner? God doesn't send a prophecy to make you complacent. He doesn't give a promise so that you can retire. <laughs> but when he pours out his spirit on you, it's time for you to clock in. Look at it. Verse 32, put it back up. Let's see what happens after he pours out his spirit on all flesh. He says, then it's going to come to pass. Now watch this. In the, in the previous verse, he's going to pour it out on everybody. Now, when you get to verse 32, you find out, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. The reason why there's an outpouring is because somebody calling on him. <laughs> somebody calling on him. There are people now calling on Jesus, and they need him to move right now. But how does he move? He moves through us. Come on, somebody. And the reason why people are not seeing the move of God is because you ain't moved yet. Oh, I can't. Y'all, don't worry. I'm going back home today. You ain't got to worry. I'm a, uh, you got to move. You, you can't be so tight and so sedated. You can't always want chandeliers. Sometimes this, this walk with God gets a little muddy. It gets a little messy. You got to be willing to tread and go anywhere. You got to be willing to go in the trenches and in the White House. God don't just want the poor person. He want Donald Trump too. I can't get no witnesses in here. I don't care what you think about him. He's still the president of the United States. You ought to obey and respect those and rule over. I can't get no help in here. The way that you can help him is to pray for him. Don't talk about him. See, that's what wrong with the church. It's filled with a lot of folk that like to talk about a lot of people and judge them, but the devil is a lie. God didn't see you to judge. He sent you to pray. And when Jesus needed a prayer warrior, the Bible say he came back out and saw his best friends. He said, I need you to pray for me while I go in here. And when he came back out, he found them asleep. And God is saying, some of the people in the church, they are asleep. I asked them to work, but they sleeping. Want me to pay their bills and buy them and get them houses and get them new cars and get them jobs. And they won't even fill out the paperwork to get an interview. In the text, they said, he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Then he says, they're going to call on the name of the Lord, and the Lord shall do what? He's going to deliver. But the only way for him to deliver, he had to raise up a deliverer. So that means that when he poured out his spirit, he raised a deliverer in the mix. Deliverance indicates that he has to raise somebody in an emergency, watch this, to deliver his people, and the deliverer is among the next group of outpouring. Now, the people who won't say amen got a problem with that because they sitting there looking at me saying, well, God can use me, I'm ready to be used, but the problem ain't with God's willingness to use you, the problem is many of you won't move when God tell you what to do. We pick and choose when God can use us. Hello, somebody. I can't get no amens. You in the Walmart and God say, go say this. You say, no, nah, I don't know them. No, nah, I ain't never met them. No, nah, God, they don't look like me. And God said, I didn't ask you that. I told you to go and say something to them. Well, God, what I'm going to say? Don't ask me what you're going to say if you're not willing to move. I can't get no help. A lot of you want the instructions before you obey. No, obey to get the instructions. Come on, somebody. How are you going to ask God to put you to work, but you ain't moved yet? Start moving and he'll give you the instructions. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, clock in before you ask for instructions. Now, I prophesy to about 100 people, only reason why God created you was to fix somebody's problem. 
Why did I go through all this hell, Lord? It's because you are a, you the solution to a problem. He wouldn't have created you if there was not a problem that needed a solution. So when he created you, he made you the solution to a problem. That's for somebody that don't think they got purpose. Yes, you got purpose. I didn't tell you you were created to solve all the problems, but you are created to solve a problem. I can't get no help. And if at least everybody in the room will solve the problem they were meant to solve, there'll be a whole lot less problems in the world. We talking about there are so many problems in the world, but you are the solution to many of them. And the reason why they exist is because you hadn't done what God, I can't get y'all, I gotta say amen. You got to get up off the pew. You got to come out of here and stop shouting and tearing up the building and go out there and go to work. This next dispensation of the church is a church without walls. This season, in this season, it's time for you to identify the problem you were created to solve. Contrary to popular belief, there's a problem solver in you. I know you're not all good, but you ain't got to be good to be used. I told him in the back, I preached a sermon a few weeks ago, and the title of my sermon was, It's Okay to Be an Ass. I can't get no help. You do know he used them in the Bible, right? And then when he wanted to make his grand entrance, he didn't go and pick an elephant or a horse. He chose, I can't get no help. And he came riding in on the least expected thing. See, some people have counted you out, but God has counted you in. And I come to tell you that's been tied up. God has sent me today as a deliverer to untie you. He told me to go to the next city and untie the coat. I wish I could find the church in here. There's a lot of you God has kept tied up. But today he come to untie you, baby. Well, I know you're saying, I know you're mad at it because you can't go where everybody go. You can't go where everybody go. You can't say what everybody say. You can't do what everybody do. That's good because God had you tied up. I know you wanted to sleep around, but you couldn't. God had you tied up. I know you want, I can't get no help here. I know you wanted to tell the lie on your income tax, but you couldn't because God had you tied up. God tied you up so that you could be used when he wanted. I can't get no help. So he protected your anointing so nobody could criticize you when he used you it's okay to be an ass just be an humble one just be a praying one just be an interceding one I can't get no help you do know it was the sis that did most of the work you don't have to say amen But when you get back to the translation of the word that we don't like to say in church because we call it a cuss word, it referred to the anointing of the tribe of Issachar. He referred to the tribe of Issachar as that of a strong bone ass. But watch this, the tribe of Issachar were few in number, but people followed them because they could discern the time and the season. They had an anointing to tell you who was the next king and who was it, who was the next president, who was David is, uh, is the next king. So everybody followed the tribe of Issachar huh, because they could discern the time. Now they were referred to as asses, but people followed them. So guess what? Sometimes folk will talk about you, but they can't help but follow you because there's a wisdom and a grace on your life. I can't get no help. And it's not that you are stubborn. Watch this, because folk call them stubborn. It's not that you're stubborn. It's that you just don't trust everybody. Can I help somebody here today? It's not that the donkeys are stubborn. It's that they don't trust everybody with them. So they'll buck against you when they feel like you're putting them in danger. And we lead a lot of more donkeys in the house and a lot less. I can't get no help. They won't say amen. They won't say amen. They won't say amen. They won't, they won't say amen. God is trying to raise up those with the anointing of Issachar because we need to know if we're in the crisis what God is doing next. Because the prophecy or the prophetic movement gives us hope that God is moving in an emergency. You do know you can't get a miracle without an emergency. Okay. Look at 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. <laughs> Look at this. This is my, one of my favorite scriptures. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He's saying, don't just work when I'm around. Work when I ain't around. The best workers are not those that work in front of the boss. It's those that work when the boss ain't, I can't get no, y'all ain't got to say amen. You ain't got to say amen. I don't want you working for me. It's the only time you work is when I'm around. But if you will work when I'm not around, you are a good worker. Watch this. He says, but now much more in my absence, work out, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Don't bring it to me for me to work it out. You work it out yourself. I can't. You do know there are people that will pimp your anointing. They see you and they say, well, they're anointed, so let me go to them and tell them all my problems, and they're going to pray for me, and it's going to come off of me. No, no. You need to start releasing them back and tell them to go back and work out their own salvation. I can't get no help. Some of us are a crutch to a lot of people in our lives because we are bailing them out too much and they had learned how to work for themselves. Huh? They're like a grown child still in their mama's house at 40 years old eating cereal with a cape on thinking they Superman. There ain't nothing but a poor picture of a lie with a poor upbringing. The devil is a lie. You got to learn how to work. The Bible say a man that don't work should eat. Get that joker off your couch eating your Cheerios and tell him to go to work work out your own some of you need to take on the anointing to give back people their problems Oh, I can't get no help in here. The reason why some of us are stressed and we're weighed down and we're depressed is not because of our own weight, but it's because of somebody else's weight that we've taken on that God didn't tell us to take on. Hallelujah, God. I know some of them are your family members and you scared not to help them, but the last time I checked, Abraham trying to help Lot, Lot made his life a whole lot worse than he did make it better. Come here, somebody. And God told Abraham, leave your relatives because they're going to be more of a hindrance than they will be a help. So sometimes you got to leave your family folk. Ah, they got, I know they sitting on the road with them. They scared to say amen, but that's okay. You say amen for them. Holly, they going to work out their own soul salvation today. God didn't say it was going to be easy. He said you're going to have to work for it. Look at your neighbor say clock in. Let me say something that's going to disturb the Holy Ghost. It's a lot of people that can't work until the atmosphere is right. Huh. You know, I went over there. Oh, I ain't want no spirit. Oh, they was dead and dry. That's why he sent you. I can't get no help. I can't get no help. If you went over there and it stayed dead and dry, you just like them. I can't get no help. The problem is, you talking about folk that got a stake in their eye and you hadn't turned to look at the one in your own. Hallelujah. But God, if God sends you to a place that's dead, he sends you to water the ground. But if you don't got the power to water the ground, then you need to bring your own self to life first before you go on. Work out your own soul salvation, but here's the problem. You need an atmosphere to prophesy. You need an atmosphere to pray. You need, some, you need David to come sing for you to do what you do now. Huh? Because, see, when you go into Walmart, you ain't got no praise and worship team. When you in the Piggly Wiggly, you, ain't, you don't have your music in your car. I can't get no help. Huh? When you are at work, you ain't got your prayer shawl. If you do, then you looking crazy. Hallelujah. But when you are out there, only thing you can depend on is you and the Holy Ghost. Come here, some Somebody. Come here, somebody. You can't go looking for no music. You can't rob a dab a do to get yourself in the mood. You just got to jump in there and get to work. If they tell you they need prayer on aisle six, baby, start praying. Huh? Don't worry about who trying to get cereal and juice. Pray that devil out the Walmart. I can't get no help. God sent you to do a work, and you can't pick and choose where you do it. You can't. Where God is taking the kingdom is to a place where you got to be willing to work outside your comfort zone. Oh, help me somebody. You got to be willing to work with people you don't like because it ain't about who you like, it's about what God called you to do. But if you stay around God long enough, you'll learn to like them. 
I just. The lie they told in your cousin church is that you can love somebody from a distance. No, you can't. Because anytime distance is in the relationship, it brings the relationship apart and there's a lot less love. So you can't love them from a distance and if you don't like them, you don't love them. I can't get no help. So the only way to like them is to love them. So if you want to like anybody, you got to learn to love them first. And the only way you're going to love them, you got to have Jesus. And if you got the Holy Ghost, it's going to take some work to love somebody that's been low down. Come here, somebody. And so sometimes when somebody has backstabbed you, you got to dig in your Holy Ghost and say, Holy Ghost, help me not to cuss them out. Holy Ghost, help me not to beat the hell out of them. Holy Ghost, help me. I can't get no help in here. Holy Ghost, help me not to mess up my testimony. I want to go to church and praise God, but if I knock the hell out of them, won't nobody receive my word. But I come to tell somebody today, the Holy Ghost is real. He real. He real. Because I don't just sing in the Holy Ghost. I don't just pray in the Holy Ghost, but I love in the Holy Ghost. I don't beat the hell out of you in the Holy Ghost. I ignore you in the Holy Ghost. I walk away in the Holy Ghost. I know the Bible say turn the other cheek, so I'm not going to give you one because I don't know what DJ might do. I can't get no help in here. Some of you got to know who you are and stop putting yourself in bad situations. I'm going home. I'm going home. He says, if you're going to work out there, you can't depend on the pastor to give you a word all the time. When you get out there, you can only depend on the word you already got. Right? And some of you got so much word that you're constipated. I can't get no help. You've been sitting on that word. I can't get it. You've been sitting on it so long, but God is saying today is the day you release that that's on the inside of you. I know all of that hurting and pain that you feeling you thought you were sick. No, baby, that's gas and you constipated and you got to let that out. You've been getting word on Wednesday and in your life group and on live at seven and on Sunday mornings. You've been getting all kind of word, but you ain't open up your mouth and release the revelation that God gave to you yet. Look at your neighbor say clock in. You know that person that talk too much that stop you every time you see them and got a lot to say. The reason why they keep talking so much is because you ain't helped them yet. Help them so they'll leave you alone. I can't get no help. I can't get no, y'all on, y'all want to hear what I'm saying. The last time somebody asked me for some money, guess what? I didn't deny them, but I offered them Jesus first to see if they wanted what I had to offer for real. Hallelujah. And if they wanted Jesus, I knew that I could trust them with my money. So I say, baby, do you want Jesus? They say, no, I don't want him, but then you don't want my money. Oh, well, I changed my mind. Okay, then lift your hands and receive Jesus. See, sometimes you can push people away from taking so much away from you if you offer them Jesus. Jesus first. Jesus didn't take the disciples away from working. He just changed their job title. A lot of us are so comfortable with what we're doing that we, won't, we don't want God to move us to a new place. And the truth be told, if you knew where you were supposed to be, you'd be doing it already. So sometimes God has to send somebody to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. But when they tell you, you got the nerve to say, no, nah, I don't think that's me. How you know what's you, but you ain't done it yet. You don't know the devil is a liar. You don't know what you're going to like until you do it. Sometimes you have to work in a thing to know that you like a thing. Let's look at it. You didn't get tongues to be so anointed for people to think you saved. Oh, I want tongues. I want tongues. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ain't get that. Oh, you want it for the people on your road to know you got saved. You don't need that. They don't know you saved by your rabbadabadoo. They know you saved when they look at your walk on Monday through Saturday when you're not in the church. I can't get no help. I can't get. They looking at your walk, huh? How you treat people, how you love people, huh? How you handle people. Hallelujah, God. And some of us, we are the worst Christians because we don't know how to handle people appropriately. Huh? We think that we only can love people that love us back, but that is not the truth. You're supposed to love everybody like Christ loved us. Tell your neighbor, say it's time to work. 
You don't get to decide when you go to work. You got to work. Tell them it's time to work. You don't get to decide that you don't feel it today. You got to go to work. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to go to work. You can't pick and choose the day you're going to obey. Say, it's time to go to work. You don't get to choose when and where God uses you. Say, it's time to go to work. You got to decide to clock in and then allow God to give you your job title. A lot of us are trying to tell God what we're going to do. Oh, okay. Let me go on. But when a person finds out that they know the will of God, you can't beat them working if they found it for real. Now, but if you find a person that don't know the will of God for their lives and they're in confusion, then you might find a person or you might be talking to a person that has not worked enough in God. Because if you work long enough in God, eventually God will put you in your right place. The reason why most of us hadn't found our right place is because we ain't been working long enough. We want God to do it overnight. You want to prophesy and preach the house down and sing the house down under the anointing just tomorrow and you just got saved. It don't happen like that. I can't get no. Oh. You know where you get the most anointing from? When you wash toilets and clean restrooms and you pick up trash. I can't, y'all ain't got to say amen. You want to know where you get the most notoriety from? When you do something that God don't ask you to do, but you see that it needs to be done. Oh, tell God, say, God, I come to work today. You didn't come to take a leave of absence. It's time to work. I know everybody like FM, FMLA. That's good for his time. You off your sabbatical now. It's time to work. God gave you the COVID so you could take time off. Thank God for that. But it's time to go to work. I can't get no help. Huh? He didn't gave you a break. If you didn't use it wisely, that's on you. It's time to clock in. Huh? You've been sleep long enough. You've been watching your sitcoms and your TV shows long enough. You've been listening to a lot of words long enough. It is time to get to work. If you got tongues, then use them. If you know how to pray, then pray. If you know how to sing then sing you ain't got to have a mic to sing sing from the pew I can't get no. this next influx of people God said he's gonna bring them in but they're not gonna look like you and I they coming from all walks of life they coming from everywhere black white Hispanic Mexican Puerto Rican all kind of folks they can all be here together. I saw that vision of us in the ocean. When I looked, God said, what do you notice? I saw people on the shore. They were afraid to get in the water because they were afraid of drowning. So they was playing it safe. But God says, if I'm on the water, walking on water, you're more safe in the water than you are on the shore. There are too many people playing it safe when Jesus is right there in the water to help them in the event that they drown. Come here, Peter. Peter said, bid is thou that I may come. Jesus says, come on, Peter. Peter stepped out the boat. The problem with reason why we can't step out the boat is because you were about the other 11 in the boat. But God is saying to some of you today, come on. Come on, come on, launch into the deep. Jump out, jump all the way into this ocean. Because when you get out here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch you, I'm going to expand you, and I'm going to take you to a place you've never been before. If you never step out of the boat, you can never make it to a new dimension in me. So God says, in the midst of the pandemic and the protest, a crisis and a crime, God is raising people in the pandemic that he's empowering during the emergency. And when they make it to church, they don't need our judgment. He raising a group of people who wasn't raised in the church. He took you out of the church during the COVID, brought you back in the church to remind you that the church ain't a building. It's a people. 
I thought I was going to five about five more amens right there. This building don't make you the church. It's what's in your heart that makes you the church. So the people that God is about to bring to Jesus, watch this, they won't look like you and I. They're going to come to Jesus. They're not going to have on the hat. They might have on a baseball cap. They might not have on a long skirt. They might have on a short skirt. Huh? They might be a drug addict, but they might have tattoos. It don't matter what they look like. You just got to receive them. Hallelujah, God. They might have on blue jeans. They might have on holy jeans. They might have long hair. They might have purple hair. But it don't matter what they look like. You just got to know if they are here, then God got a purpose for them. Yeah. Slap your neighbor, say they are coming. They coming. Slap your neighbor again, say they are coming. Jesus told us in John chapter 10, look at, look at this. This is my last verse. John chapter 10, he said, I have a sheep. I have other sheep that I have, which are not what? of this fold them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and they shall be one fold with one shepherd hallelujah God he said I got other sheep you ain't the only ones I can't get no help I want your family that's not saved I want your family that's in jail I want the ones that's drugged down and beat up I want the ones that's got a criminal record so I can take their mess and give them a message God don't specialize in the perfect he specializes in those that's got a mess and he cleans it up and gives them a message I know a story where the disciples tried to cast out a demon out of a little boy and they couldn't do it. Jesus come down off the mountain, called them old faithless generation. Huh? They couldn't do it. They ain't had a faith to get it done. They could try to work but couldn't work. Get on down a few verses later, you find out that one of the disciples saw another man casting out demons. He made him stop. And Jesus said, why'd you make him stop? He said, because he's not a part of our group. I can't get no help in here. Jesus said, how dare you make him stop all because he wasn't a part of our group? He says, did they cast out demons in my name? They says, yes. He says, well, then he ain't working against you. Y'all on the same team. Y'all co-workers. I can't get no help. He might not be working in Word Alive, but he might be working out there. It don't matter where they're working as long as they are working. It's not about a group. It's not about a denomination. I don't care if you're church and God and cross Christ. I don't care if you're Methodist or Baptist. I don't care if you're non-denominational. None of that matters as long as you come to work the work of the one that sent you. Look at your neighbor say clock in. Tell him again say clock in. Clock in. Tell him I, I, God did not check your background. He don't need a criminal background check for you to work. Hallelujah. He don't care what you did last summer. All that he cares is where you are right now. Hallelujah, God. I know you lied yesterday. I know you slept around yesterday. I know you did stuff that you didn't have no business doing. But God specializes in cleaning folk up and presenting them back to the world and folk not being able to tell where they come from. Ain't God a good God? That people can look at you and not tell what you've been through. Hallelujah. Don't judge my story by the cover of my book. Hallelujah. There's a lot of detail to the inside of the book. You just got to want to read the book. Hallelujah. A lot of people talk about you based upon, based upon your cover and they haven't read your book yet. But why are you worried about folk that don't even got your phone number and know where you live? They don't even pay your bills and you won't even shout when God shakes shout. The devil is alive. They don't pay your bills. They don't give you your right mind. They don't wake you up in the morning. All the person you should be worried about is the one that wakes you up in the morning. His name is Jesus. I know Pastor Kent powerful, but when you come to church, you shouldn't be coming for Kent. You should be coming for Jesus. I know the praise and worship team sing good, but you shouldn't be coming for David. You should be coming for G. I can't get no help. The woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't looking for the apostle. She was looking for Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus wasn't looking for the intercessor. He was looking for G. I can't get no help in here. Jarius wasn't looking for the prayer warrior. He was looking for Jesus. If you're going to do anything, you should do anything. Anything looking for Jesus. 
tell your neighbor, say, clock in. But if you clock in, you better be looking for Jesus. They're not going to look like you. But God says, if you won't take them, he will. <laughs> if you don't take them, he will. Hallelujah. I come to seek. I come to save that which is lost. It don't matter what their background is. God died, sent his son Jesus to die just for everybody, not just for you. If he only wanted you, what would be the purpose of Christ Jesus? He come to die just for everybody. So can I prophesy to this building today, to the people in this building, if you are not afraid, lift your hands. wants to accuse you and cause you to live in speculation of your failures so what he does is he reminds you of your failures when you decide to do something for God hallelujah God and the very reason why most of you haven't come all the way in and clocked in yet is because you are afraid of what somebody may know about what you did 20 years ago. But I come to tell you today that God has taken your sins and thrown them in the sea of forgetfulness. And he's saying today, he says, come my children, I sent Christ to die for you. And he says to tell you that I specialize in making a mess of mess and I want to anoint you today to be a deliverer I know your past wasn't the great but all signs of deliverers they don't grow up in the perfect home lives hallelujah Jesus ask Moses mama gave him up you never hear about his daddy had to grow up in a house that wasn't his own he as a matter of fact grew up in the enemy's house and the Bible say God raised him up to deliver his people but just when he was about to decide to obey God the enemy told him about his deficiency and I want to speak to some of you today concerning what you what you look at as a deficiency you might not can talk that well you might not can have you might not have subject and verb agreement you might not look the part but God is saying I chose you despite what you sound like despite what your education is I don't need a degree to use you all I need is for you to be a willing vessel and God is saying the Holy Ghost will make up for the deficiency lift your hands as we move I'm done God says it's time to clock in I want you as a symbolic of faith take your clock sheet like you're pulling out your back pocket hold it up in the air today is the day you're gonna clock in hallelujah when you clock in you clocking in without fear without worry of what everybody else know or gonna say about the way you praise and what you do you don't care about that what your hair look like how what your shoes look like it don't matter what kind of clothes you come in here it don't matter how you come as long as you come to Jesus it's today, it's time to clock in. Y'all ready? We're going to clock in. Now, when you clock in, some of you, the Spirit says, you're past due on the praise. The only reason why you are still here is because the Lord allowed you to experience Passover. And you are past due on a praise that you've been having locked up on the inside of you for a long time. And some of you even said, when I get back to church, I'm going to shout, I'm going to praise God, but you have not done it yet. But today when you praise God, you're going to deliver somebody in your family. You're going to deliver one of your friends. You're going to deliver somebody that's locked up, somebody that's ensnared. God says today, he says deliverance will be locked up in what you release out of your mouth. Hallelujah. And in your praise. So on the count of three, you're going to clock in, but you're going to release a sound in this house that lets the enemy know that the deliverers are here. Do I got 50 people that believe today you are a deliverer? You're not sent to deliver everybody, but you you sent to deliver somebody. Hallelujah. And God is about to reveal the somebody you were sent to deliver. You got your clock in? She's holding them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. You ready? We're going to clock in on the count of three. And today, after you clock in, God is going to give you your job assignment. Ha, 
He's calling forth giftings in your spirit even now. He's activating those things in your life that were asleep. He's calling them forward. And God is even saying there are some of you with trauma that's preventing you from stepping into the things of God. And God is removing the traumatic experience out of your memory today. And God is about to heal you in a hidden place. So Father, now we prophesy healing in the places and the places of experiences of trauma. And I declare that your people are healed. And as we clock in, we're going to clock in without excuse. And then whatever the Lord tell you to do, do it. And then I need to release a word to a few people and then we out your way. Here we go on the count of three. Let's clock in. Whatever the Spirit tell you to do, just release a praise. If God tell you to get out your seat, you better move. Because it's somebody's deliverance that's locked up in your obedience. So when God tells you to do what he tells you to do, after you clock in, obey that, and you're going to bring deliverance. Hallelujah. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.